I'm Lawson. And I'm Ollie. And we're 2Force. Hello and welcome to the 2Force podcast where two queer comedians discuss Netflix's animated comedy, Q-Force. We'd like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded in Mianjin, Brisbane, which is Yagra and Turable Land. I am your host, Ollie, and my pronouns are they, them. And I'm your host, Lawson, and my pronouns are he, him, but also gender is a construct that I don't believe in. Ooh, and we before we get into it today, we have a special guest. Yes, we do. Do you want to tell us a little bit something about him, Ollie? I absolutely do. We have my friend, improviser, queer guy extraordinaire, photographer, storm chaser, which is a new one we haven't Ooh. had on before. We have Phil. Hey guys, how's it going? Ah, oh, good. Both, both good. That's good. Yeah. So tell us about the storm chasing. This is you get in a van and you run after a storm? It's kind of along those lines. So basically you get into a car and uh, you spend a lot of time beforehand looking up, I guess, the weather models to see where potential storms are going to be. And then you essentially just get in the car and you drive all day. And sometimes you get nothing and you sit there and it's like, oh, that's an expensive waste of time. <laughs> but other times you can get some pretty cool looking storms and, and so do you... hail dents and yeah, all that fun stuff that comes along with storms. So, Is it anything like the 90s film Twister? Twister, oh yes, that's a favourite. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Did that inspire yeah. you to yeah, be a storm yeah, chaser? vaguely. Um, not particularly. I just like storms growing up, so it was very fun to to see the storms come in. And it's a great place to go like out. storms, yeah. southeast yeah. Queensland. We have quite yeah. a few of yeah. them. Oh, definitely. And La Nina at yes. the moment yeah. as well. La Nina. Um, so is the is it makes it very is wet. The output <laughs> of storm chasing like some nice photos uh, or like some GoPro video. Is that what uh, you're hoping to get out of it, or just the experience of? the storm are you aiming to get into the middle of the storm or it's less goal oriented than than maybe i'm talking about for me it's uh generally kind of stay ahead of the storm so it's more of the photogenic side of things um i try not to go into them too much because big hail expensive car repairs hail dents um it's that's (laughs) not it's not the most low fun so yeah (laughs) so you don't want to go like full Dorothy in Wizard of Oz and, like, get sucked up into yeah. a storm and end up in a Technicolor dream world. Yeah, I've, I mean, I have done that a few times, get caught in the storm, and it's it's kind <laughs> of fun, but after when you kind of you have to get your car repaired and hail insurance yeah. and et cetera, that's, that can so, be quite expensive. Sorry. So, yeah. I'm so sorry. You said I have done that a few yes, times, yep. and I immediately went, "Wait, you've gone to a technical dream world?" Oh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> not quite like that. <laughs> Who hasn't? Who hasn't? Uh, so you have watched. We discussed mm-hmm. before the pod. You've watched ten minutes of the first ten episode minutes? of this before before something else caught your interest, basically. Yep. Uh, and you've also watched this episode, episode seven, Tarzan. Yes. So. What's your first impressions, and do you have a favourite character? My first impression is that it was... I guess this episode is kind of a little bit sadder in that Steve and Benji, the two main kind of gay couple in that... No spoilers! No spoilers? (laughs) Okay. This is literally the whole show, of course it's spoilers. (laughs) All right. um, But yeah, they're at a funeral, Yeah, they're at a funeral, so there's a lot of kind of sad undertones. um, and then there's the other side of things with, was it Twink and Buck? Twink? Yeah, Twink yep. and Buck, the main characters there, and Stad and Deb as well. Really, yeah. Stad and Deb underserved this episode, as they often are oh, yeah. in favour of yeah. Buck, unfortunately. This was another episode where we got a, a big subplot devoted to Buck, and... Um, Last Great episode, big serving of Buck. <laughs> last episode, we sort of discussed that this show might be better into the inverse of the amount of Buck that it serves mm-hmm. you up, uh, and it it still stubbornly holds to the idea that you know what we want in, out of our queer spy show is to explore the feelings and and trauma of a straight white guy. 
Uh, yes. <laughs> but we'll we'll get through to all that. Did you have a favorite character? Oh, uh, let's see. I do like Agent Deb. She is sassy and fun and likes to poke fun at people and stir up a little bit of I guess trouble in a way which I relate to. Yeah, I Yeah. I liked her attitude throughout this episode. <laughs> I like the her attitude throughout this episode that pranks never yep. go wrong. <laughs> that's that's yeah. basically what happens with me. I do little pranks and they always go wrong, so I kind of I relate to that a lot. Like um Oh my what's god. What's the best prank? prank? What's what's the best prank? Oh, you've that's ever gone done? wrong. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, right. the best prank, the one that's gone the, the rightest. Because pranks, I I think pranks go wrong more often that's than they true. go right. Obvious, <laughs> honestly. Um, is there one that's really like it, you got it off? Well, it's it's probably the best prank, but it still went wrong. But, um, okay. so I saw it was like a dead snake in the driveway. So my friend parked in the driveway as well. So I decided it'd be funny to put the dead snake. On my friend's car bonnet, uh-huh, which uh-huh. yeah, okay, that's that's a little prank there. But no, the snake. <laughs> uh, when he drove off, he didn't notice the snake because it was night time. And then the snake, <laughs> the dead snake, kind of rolled up just above or the bottom of the window where the the exhaust, uh-huh. the the vents, I guess, of the bonnet are. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it was there for a number of weeks, and it was slowly being cooked. And his car oh, apparently no. reeked. So, yeah, that, that's yeah, that was a good prank, but um, it went terribly oh, wrong. And, yeah, so cruel. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just. I thought it was funny, but fuck? no, it was terrible and dark and mean and all the above. But holy shit! Ruined his life for pretty weeks. much. Yeah. What is this smell? My car is yeah. disgusting. So what? my friend kind of got me oh, back. He put dead cockroach underneath my pillow, my sleeping pillow. So, <laughs> All right. not, so not, he, not you quite know, as you bad. You got your just desserts. But yeah, yeah. Not as bad. I think Fair enough. My my mum once told me, because my mum used to be in the Air Force. Um, Did she I, used to be an original prankster? I think so. And I feel like I'm, I'm like, mis, misremembering this. But I just remember some... I'm pretty sure it was my mum who told me that someone just out of spite, someone put a whole thing of prawn heads in someone's car air conditioner Um, (laughs) just to stink up the place. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, mum, if you're listening, I'm sorry if that wasn't you. Uh, You are a lovely person and would never. Um... But also, I don't know. It sounds like something my mum would do. <laughs> it's funny um, how many pranks involve bad smells. Because it's like not hurting someone, but it is an unpleasant yeah, experience, yeah. right? And then, like, uh, it, like I'm thinking at school, people used to always release, you know, fart bombs and stuff. At oh, school. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that happens as well. Um, at school as well. Yeah. Welcome yeah, back yeah. to so fart chat. <laughs> Uh, but I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, the better pranks are ones that trick people in some sort of other, more clever way, you know? Like, I, I think, like, a good prank might be, like, <laughs> if you rented, like, a Mercedes for someone for a day, and you are like, I bought this for you. <laughs> oh, no! Because <laughs> they're still getting a Mercedes for a day, you know? It's a pretty good, it's pretty good, actually, when you think about it. It's just, you know, you told them it was going to be yeah. something better. I, you don't think that's a good prank, Ollie? You think it's too expensive? At, at my high school, we always had, when you're a senior in, uh, like, grade 12, you do the grade 12 prank. Um, and so one year the grade 12s did, uh, we had an ag block in my high school, and um, they dyed the sheep pink. Mm-hmm. Um, one year, so we had this giant hall that we have assemblies in, and there were these vents. Was it animal safe dye? Or I don't did you, like, know. burn the animal. I do not know. But the okay. other prank I'm thinking like... of was that they. So we had this huge hall. We had assemblies in, and <laughs> there were these vents at the top, um, like just these, like you know, things. So the 
you could kind of open the roof, but not properly. And uh-huh. uh, a group of seniors put glitter up there. Oh, yeah. And so when, <laughs> when they um, did like this crank thing to open up the slots or slats in the roof, all this glitter mm-hmm. just came falling down over the assembly. And it was kind Wait, of a delight. During an, ex- yeah. during an assembly? <laughs> yeah. It was kind of a delightful That's an amazing prank. prank. It was like, yeah. it, Honestly, it would suck to be a cleaner at the school. Oh, for yeah, that, glitter is painful. It was just like oh, this glitter raining down on all these children, and uh, the principal just not knowing what to do because he was an awful <laughs> principal. To- <laughs> you're listening. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> So, so, what I like Bleep about... Bleepy's name, bleepy's name, please. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. All right, uh, I'll see, I'll see. Uh, that's that's great, but I, also I would say that if you're a cleaner at a school and what you're cleaning up is glitter, like, over something else, you're like, good day, <laughs> right? Yeah, probably, probably. My high school was, uh, ooh, it was cursed. <laughs> Um, well, speaking about trips down memory lane, in this episode, uh, Steve goes back to Tarzana, which is Benji's hometown. Yes. Uh, because he's there for the funeral that we were talking about before, right? So the episode starts off and all the team is doing paperwork and Buck makes a horrible joke, which I'll do do later. And Buck sort of gives up on his work, classic straight white guy, Mm -hmm. and gives it to everybody else in the team. And then... Steve says, I'm sorry I have to leave you for this work as well because I'm going to this funeral for Anthony, who's a minor character that we met previously, uh, Phil. And as you can tell, he died in the line of the spy work that Steve was doing. But he was a friend of Benji's. And (laughs) they start going down the highway together, Benji and Steve, Mm -hmm. talking about the funeral and how worried they are about it. And... (laughs) We find out that Steve has been studying Benji's family. Yes. Which is real type A behavior, if not stalkerish. Yes. I mean, I kind of get it, though. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but meeting parents is terrifying. And Sure, I, but so is being stalked. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not a good way to get up well, on like, a good... I, like, talk to your partner about their parents. But... This is honest about it. He, he was, he, he was very upfront. He was like, I did my research and he sung that little jingle. Yeah. yeah. But I, I feel like that's public information though. That's, yeah. that's not it's, it's stalking. Cute, it's like, it? oh my God. It's, it's oh. <laughs> I wouldn't like it. I would like any of my children's partners to just find out to, about me, you know, naturally. I do, um, I do think though, like. Meeting. I don't. I don't Google people before dates. Do you guys Google people before dates? I've never, but no, really. I feel like I feel like I would maybe. Uh, it's like I'm meeting their parents, and maybe I would look their parents up on Facebook just so I can get like. I, I probably wouldn't like friend them or do anything like that, but maybe just get a vibe, just to be like, okay, so this is the sort of parents we're dealing with, and I can charm <laughs> the shit out of them. I just had a vision of you accidentally liking one of their parents' photos. Like, oh no! No 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 no! <laughs> then you then you can read their comments and see how lovely they are. Oh, be, especially on Facebook, it's, uh, it's lovely, lovely uh, void of lovely environment. <laughs> Phil, it sounds like you have bad Facebook experiences. Oh, not really. No, no. I, <laughs> most of my Facebook is, I guess, just storm chasing and so i tend not to i do get the odd you know anti-vax or or racism post on on my extended facebook network unfortunately Uh, (laughs) but benji's extended family who steve's been researching are quite lovely we'll get to that Uh, but also what happens in the car is that (laughs) steve and benji say that they love each other It's it's kind of adorable actually it feels right for where for how long he's been in the show. It yeah. sort of felt a little bit before that there was a... The time frame is still weird. Like, mm. I don't know how long it is since Anthony's death that you have a funeral. Like, that usually happens within two weeks or something, right? Pretty yeah, quick. yeah. Unless people are coming from overseas and even then. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. 
Phil, Phil, how do you feel about Steve and Benji being in love, seeing that you've never seen Benji before? Uh, well, it's, I guess it's hard not knowing the backstory of them. Um, mm. But They're pretty it's... much uh, they're gay and they work next to uh, each other and they okay. saw each other and they were like, hey, I'm gay too. That, that's very quick, isn't it? That's like <laughs> super quick. But, I mean, fair enough if that's what they're thereafter um, but colleagues uh, no, their the relationship is pretty much what you see in this episode right where steve is very type a and benji's mm. very chill and you know cool to go along with steve's you know over the topness mm. basically and while they're traveling oh sorry yep no i was gonna say and we find out that benji has had um two car accidents cry singing celine dion which <laughs> feels incredibly relatable yeah that, that, that sounds right yeah. i feel other than being tired every car accident i've ever had or like little scrape or whatever has been because i was too emotional to be driving mm. i think you know Wow. Yeah, just not paying attention, you know, um, as well as you should be, because you're focusing on all, all that, all that uh, inner turmoil. <laughs> Speaking of inner turmoil, Steve has visions of zombie Anthony. What do we think about this, guys? Boom, boom, bisexual <laughs> ghost. <laughs> yeah, what do we think about this? It, it, he was gross for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was a gross uh, <laughs> cartoon version of Anthony. And he was sort of teasing Steve, and uh, he was a manifestation of his guilt. In oh, I, I maybe should have put this in in my faves, but he said, "I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the ghost in that Ethan Hawke movie Hamlet," which is very funny. I think that was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> While that's happening, um, I, I missed a part where Twink had a freakum dress. Uh, to do a TikTok dance. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, <laughs> made a freaking dress out of his paperwork. Paperwork, that's and, right, yeah. yeah. All yeah, the paperwork. And was going to yep. do a TikTok dance. which, <laughs> And then he says, mm-hmm. what sound should we use? You think freakum dress or... <laughs> <laughs> um, I I feel like, okay, I'm going to be honest. There was a, I feel like there was a lot going on in this episode. Potentially too much. You know, you asked me, you asked how we felt about bisexual ghost, which I'm into the idea of a bisexual ghost and I do want to be one um as a bisexual it's my destiny um but it's also I don't know if we needed if we needed it ghost tips why is it your destiny why will you necessarily have some unfulfilled task to like you'll be like I'm still bi so every man and woman out there I might you know still want to kiss (laughs) <laughs> so you'll definitely no, just, become I a ghost. I just hope that one day I become like a cool, gross ghost, and I can haunt my friends and family and just yell "boom, boom" bisexual. Um, because that haunting your friends and family is a is a is a not a great sitch, right? Because the friends and family are going to die eventually, and then all of your unresolved business is unresolved. You got to choose like a place. But maybe yeah. I'll get like a ghost girlfriend. Yeah, sure, but how would that help? Oh, like when you're when a ghost, I'm a ghost. As well. Yeah, so I thought you were thinking like you might get a ghost girlfriend now, and then she could teach you things about being a ghost because you clearly haven't thought about it very much. <laughs> wow, how dare you! <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to be a ghost, haunt something that's going to last permanently. Like if your idea is to last beyond death, or think about how long you want to be a ghost for, and then choose something that might be fixed within that time. You that's know? some real like, type A shit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a ghost. That's ne- I've never been accused of being type A before. But uh, but if you want to be a ghost for, like, say, 300 years, you might be like, my unresolved business is getting a ma- manned mission to Neptune. And then you work a lot of that in your life to get this, you know, the um, intention out there and, and form your spirit towards that purpose. And then become a bisexual ghost. Uh, yeah. But, like, yeah. the only unresolved yeah. thing... I have right now is like, have you guys seen Megan, uh, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly? It looks like he's sucking the youth out. She's sucking the youth out of him, and I need to know about that. And that's my unresolved business right now. What I've seen is a <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly and what was her name again? Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Right? Dare very you. famous woman, Megan Fox. So what I've seen is an Instagram post in which Megan Fox talks about their love life in extremely graphic detail. 
there, there was the quote. Have you seen this? There was, I saw There was the quote. Yeah. <laughs> you smell like weed. I am weed. <laughs> Which is very dumb. Um, is that a machine gun co- yeah, Kelly quote? I think so. It's just something that one of my co-workers nice. has said to me. Or is that the Q-Force coat? Oh, it could be. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's a key force point. Uh, okay, so back to the episode. <laughs> this is tangent, the episode. <laughs> back to the episode. Princess, uh, the princess of Genovia calls Buck mm-hmm. and says, let's get back together. I'm heading to WeHo and LA. And we find out this is a catfish. <gasps> it's a prank, as we were talking oh about God, before, by Deb and by Stat and by Twink. Uh, Twink's dressed up to look like the princess of Genovia. And Twink says in this bit that, being stood up must hurt, but he wouldn't know because he's never been stood up, <laughs> uh, which is fun. And then we cut to the family at Tarzana, uh, Benji's family, who are exactly so cute, mm-hmm, and exactly who you'd think would make Benji. You know, the beard comes from the dad, <laughs> the the eyes come yeah. from the mom. There's a whole big thing going on there. They're pushing a lot of food on Steve, and they say. And Steve mm-hmm. says, I need to eat 6,000 calories a day or my pecs will deflate. <laughs> Which I thought was an interesting uh, little stat. Maybe we should go back through all of each of the episodes and see if we can calculate up those calories, see if uh, the show's being truthful. The, the two-force after show will be us <laughs> just doing math. We can call it cal- calorie-culations. Oh, I um, hate that. I hate it. <laughs> Lawson. We've already done um, the segment that I like to call Ghost Tips. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and, uh, it's a new uh, segment we're trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in. I'll edit that into the front of when we were talking about, you know, good things to do when you want to be a ghost. Uh, and then, you know, calorie culations. We'll do that, as you say, in the post episodes. I think Steve in this episode has a weird suburban fetish thing going on. Do you guys think that? Yeah. He's, like, really, like, oh, it's so quaint. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. That's, like, yeah. It's this it's this view feel, I think, of this, like, um, rich, white, inner-city gay sort of thing. That yeah. Yeah, like, romanticizing the whole family. Yeah, the suburbia of it all. Fitting into the normal suburbia. Yeah, it life. sort of felt like he was doing sort of, like, a... Um, a tourist porn sort of thing, you know, like, but for suburbia, you know? Uh, yeah, it totally felt like that. But it's also, like, nothing Benji does really proves Steve wrong. No, so Benji's like, it's like, he's like, this town's not all good. And they're, like, just stuffing him full of pancakes and stuff the whole time. Yeah, it's, it's like, everything is kind of just wholesome and nice, except for the fact that Anthony's dead. Yeah, and talking about a lot of things going on in this episode, we also we also find out that we're going to see Anthony's funeral, obviously, because that's why they're going to Tarzana. But we see a lot of the process mm-hmm. of Anthony's funeral, not just the going back to see the family, um, but also the seeing the friends, and there's a karaoke scene, and then the funeral itself we'll see in the mm-hmm. episode. Um I thought this felt really realistic in a way that other episodes of the show didn't. But it's also, like, not very spy, right? It's it's just sort of... Yeah. It's nice, you know, it's good, it's realistic, but it wasn't very spy And to have the other part of the episode... I know we have this law thing going on, but to have the other part of the episode be about just pranking people? I don't know. I felt like we could have more spy stuff. It was, it was definitely a spy-light episode, but I think... If the main part of the episode, like, if they even cut out the bit with Deb, Stat, and Twink pranking Buck, it could have actually been a really strong, weirdly emotional episode. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, we see this side of Steve where he's he's just so desperate to be liked, because we already knew that he's very desperate to be liked. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, but before you continue he... this thought, can I just pitch this to you, and, and I'd like to hear your take on it. Yes. What if that storyline, the prank storyline, was swapped with... Mm what we see a little glimmer of before Steve goes on the holiday, which is stat says, should I have had a funeral for Jacqueline box, my dead girlfriend, right? What if Deb stat twink and buck even as well, all together do a little funeral for Jacqueline box while we're getting the rest of this story. We'd get more time with the other storylines because that's just a little cute one, but it would keep that same emotional thread. Anyways, I'd like to hear you. And yours, Phil. 
Yeah, I think I, guess that... I don't know too much of the backstory, so it's, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to... Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So all you need to know about Jacqueline is that Jacqueline was Stat's hot computer girlfriend. Who manifested um, her avatar as sort uh, of okay. a um, red devil lady and was a cool hacker yeah. and, like, super, like, sarcastic, just like Stat. Yeah. And she oh, yes, she yeah. died last episode in order to save Twink and Buck and bring down the company honestly. <laughs> honestly? Um, <laughs> but, um, Describing this show is so fun to people who haven't watched it. It's so weird. It's such a weird experience. The makeup um, show, honestly, honestly, was taking <laughs> young gay men and pressing them together to death to create jock oil, uh, which it then used in all its beauty products. That's what was happening yes. last episode. Oh, lovely. I, I think you probably guessed that. <laughs> yeah, totally. You would have guessed it. But, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I think that if there was... The thing was, I, I was really invested in Jacqueline and Stat, and it feels like this episode, that Stat keeps bringing her up, but it's kind of brushed aside a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, Stat brings Jacqueline up right at the start, and... Is like, should I have held a uh, funeral for my computer girlfriend? And all Steve says is, maybe. Anyway, I've got to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Steve continues to be a bad friend. And it feels like it, it yeah. was setting up, like, th- maybe, like, it could have been really cool to see these two parallel funerals. One with a lot of found family and, um, like, stat being supported by this like family that a family of choice and then seeing the parallel with Anthony's funeral where we're seeing like Benji and his like biological family and how loving that is and I I think it could have played for something really interesting but instead we got more Buck being pranked yeah yeah um <laughs> so I think Benji also gives him a lot of BF points um, for not much work. Uh, You know, I was saying the thing about the research before. I think that's creepy, not particularly good. But then also, Steve offers to cook for the whole family. He says to Benji, I heard you say that that your family likes Italian food, so I've been practicing to cook meatballs. I mean, uh, maybe this is too much to ask, but spaghetti and meatballs is the dish that you're cooking. It's not like top-tier stuff guy this is like you know i would expect a 14 year old to be able to make that yeah but a lot of people are bad at cooking i do think it i mean if they're really nice people (laughs) like phil have you ever learned how to cook something for someone uh well i'm still alive so i guess my cooking isn't too bad (laughs) i think i think ollie means a partner yeah like Try... Not really, no. Oh, maybe back in the day. I can't but remember. It's... Do you have a signature dish that you make for Ooh, a partner? Yeah, what's your signature dish? Ooh. That's put me on All the right, spot. well, I'll tell you mine. It's um, butter garlic. Uber Eats? Oh, sorry. Does that count? Uber no, Eats. no, it definitely doesn't count. <laughs> Uber Eats doesn't count. Actually, you haven't cooked. Okay. <laughs> no, so your, your Steve level of, of, of boyfriend material is what I'm Pretty saying. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Pretty wow, much, yeah. rude. Identifier, yeah. Look, I... <laughs> hey, oh, it's it's definitely true. Yeah. I learned I, I I learned to cook quite early. I guess maybe I, I'm quite lucky. But um, my go-to dish is uh, butter garlic chili prawns. Oh, that's a good choice. Ooh, nice. Yeah, with some fresh bread, some Ooh. lemon. I I make a really good. Um, it's a dish with risoni. You know the, the, those little pasta. Things that look mm-hmm. like rice, but they're actually pasta. It's like this mm-hmm. Greek lamb oh, yeah, risoni yeah. dish, which is really Ooh. nice. It has has some feta, has some uh, has some rosemary. It's just it's very good. I'm good at it. Um, no, I'm I'm interested in that. That sounds good. I I'll like make it for that. you one time. Mm, I just haven't had dinner. I'm so hungry. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> me either. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of hunger, and also speaking of Steve's boyfriend points. Now, this turns out to be a little trick by the show, but they're doing the karaoke for Anthony, mm-hmm. and they say, Steve, you have to go and, and, and sing. And Sting chooses... Sorry, Sting. Steve chooses to sing a meatloaf song, which... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if we should be judging people on whether they're camp enough, but it's not a very camp song, is it? Meatloaf? I would do anything for love? Well, the other thing is... Uh, so... 
and I feel like I feel like I might be wrong about this. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, sure. Does does Celine Dion have a part in that song? I think what happened is that there's a song that was originally written for Meatloaf that Celine Dion then su- sung instead, uh, and maybe she also sung this song. If there's something yeah. there because I could also there's just be. There's a connection be, between them, yes. I sure. could also just be going bonkers, but like, yeah. It, it, no, no. I, I think there's a Celine Dion Meatloaf crossover song. I'm not sure if it's this one. Oh, now I need to find it because I, I, ooh, it's it's gonna be killing me. Uh, but okay. Yeah, well, the other thing is they needed a duet and they don't want to do Paradise by the Dashboard Light because everyone does that and it's a 20 billion mm-hmm. year song. But also... Wait, so I'm going to I'm gonna ask you, Phil, in a second what your go-to karaoke song is. I'm giving you the heads up. And also, if you can tell me why uh, it needed to be a duet. So we'll keep that, we'll keep that people hanging on oh, that for a second okay. while we talk about our karaoke songs. Ooh. And I think this is another good duet one. So I'm going to pitch it both as the song that I do at karaoke mm-hmm. and the song they should have done here. It's a little bit more camp, Summer Lovin'. Yeah, yeah, oh, people yeah. do yeah. go hard for Summer Lovin'. I used to be a karaoke host. Um, I, I really didn't think you were going to end that with st. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I am still you, a karaoke ho, but no, I, I used to host karaoke. Me too. Um, and that was a song where a lot of people would choose it and you hear it multiple times every night and you want to die. Um, so you're saying I'm a basic bitch? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> all right, all right. What's your, what's your karaoke song? And, and now I'm going to ask you, because you're a karaoke expert, mm-hmm. I want you to say your karaoke song mm-hmm. and the song you would recommend for this position. You don't have to oh. do this, Phil. It's just Ollie. Because oh. she's come with all this sure. excess yeah. baggage. <laughs> Listen, it was a job I had for six months and it was paid under the this table. Is... I got $40 <laughs> a night for it. Um, it was... this, this is the burden of knowledge. Okay. Oh, such a burden. <laughs> um, my karaoke song is Alanis Morissette, You Ought to Know. Because um, mm. I just, I love going hard for like 90s Angry Girl and, sure. you know, you can just swear and have a good time and you always get one drunk girl at the back of the bar just being like yeah you tell him um, <laughs> which is a delightful moment um, excellent oh jeez um, all right phil you're up oh sorry no no you've got right, the uh, you, you got the duet yeah what duet do you think fits here oh jesus fucking christ um, <laughs> it depends I feel like if you're going for a lot... Oh, speaking of... Wait, no. Speaking of Jesus fucking Christ, what about King Herod's song? Oh, that that is very <laughs> fun. But no, if, if you're doing... Not a duet, not a duet. If you're doing something camp, you want a song about love... Um, well, you just want a duet. You want a camp duet, is what well, I think. I'm not a big so, fan of duets ever in karaoke. Sure. I'm down for groups. Um, like do a bit of Spice Girls. It's very fun. But I honestly think sing uh, "Somebody to Love" by Queen. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Bohemian Ooh, Rhapsody. Queen, yeah, you know, so, they yeah. chose a certain. Yeah. yeah well, sorry. That that was going to be my go-to karaoke song. Bohemian ah, Rhapsody. yeah. And I. Th- yes. It's, a it's also a bit basic bitch choice, but it is a good one. And yeah. I think that it'll be you, you could use it here as well because you know they sort of chose lyrics from the song that uh they could sort of relate to the plot but you could have chosen yeah. there's enough in uh bohemian rhapsody that you can make it mean anything i think yeah i i think that would be a choice but you know what i can respect the reason they might have chosen and i'm probably giving ever giving the writers too much credit here but they probably chose i would do anything for love because what is that is i would shoot v in the back for love <laughs> and he specifically wouldn't because uh, that's the other part of the song I won't do and that. he wouldn't do that yeah and just he like didn't in the song. I think what it's actually about is that this is a song that white guys of a certain age like <laughs> and, and listen to and again you know this show called Q Force seems dominated by that perspective more than the Q perspective but, mm-hmm. so why did they need a duet Phil why don't you let us in on the next part I guess it's 
to bringing V V's character into the mix. Yeah. Um, I don't really know her backstory, so... It's okay, it's incomprehensible. And to romanticise that notion there. Basically, she's her... His ex-boss, Steve's ex-boss, and she's been... Yeah. Yeah, okay, and she's boss, been yep, burnt yep. Uh, and uh, is on the run, obviously, from their main big organisation, the AIA. And then she's trying to convince yep. Steve to help him, and Benji comes out and spots both of them in the... Oh no, well, she comes up on stage, right, in front of everyone. A really yeah, great yeah. spy move. <laughs> <laughs> and he threatens yeah. to get the big Here book out, <laughs> which is not a thing that happens, and I wish. <laughs> no, but it's good Benji, it's big Benji energy, you know? He's, yeah. like, he, he, some things are just not on. And just walking onto someone's stage when they're doing karaoke, absolutely fucking not. Yeah, yeah. But V comes up with a very clever disguise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's me, mother. <laughs> mother. <laughs> yeah. She says, it's my, I'm, your, I, I'm your mother. And so everyone, all the gays are just like, yeah, perfectly normal for your mother to show up here at this funeral wake slash karaoke. Yeah. And then V... <laughs> then V begs Steve... To shoot her in the back because chiromancy is the key to recover her <laughs> her forgotten memories. And Phil, I need to ask you a question. So I'm not going to give you yes, any yeah, information, sure. yeah. but what do you think chiromancy is? Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, Cairo is back. Mancy, something to do with oh, spell. Spellcraft. Yeah, one. yeah, pretty much. It's <laughs> back magic. Yeah, back <laughs> witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Deb's partner, um, who's lovely, and we don't get to see this episode too much, but uh-huh. Deb's partner <laughs> knows chiromancy and released some of these memories, including the memory of Karen, her ex-partner, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. She's obviously being followed by the AIA now because it's been said it's been said that she murdered her partner, and she's just acting very unhinged. But you know she doesn't have much, many places to go. She's got to turn to, she's got to turn to Steve. And in the meantime, the prank continues. There is prank wars. Yeah, there's a big pick me girl vibe from uh, from Twink and Deb and Stat mm-hmm. try and help Twink. As the Princess of Genovia, who previously banged yes. Buck, Phil, uh, <laughs> they try to seduce him the best they can, which is a really yeah. weird situation. So the that initial lo- prank- lovely, um, lovely joke about the purely placenta hair shampoo—that <laughs> <laughs> was just oh, okay. <laughs> I wonder what's in that. Um, the the original prank is that um. They're going to trick Buck into going on a date and he gets stood up and then he looks real sad and Twink decides to go hardcore off script and appear to him as Mira, Princess of Genovia. Um, and, oh, just... They just had this really uncomfortable date where, where Twink, you know, acts like a pick-me-girl and Buck calls... Mm-hmm. Twink, or the Princess of Genovia, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence, multiple times. That joke feels like it's from 2013. It's. I think I think it's a very buck joke. I think it's a very buck joke. Mm. I do think it's a bit aged, but I do think it's a very buck joke. So, Twink is eating a whole bunch of food and being really messy and wiping her clothes on her dress, her hands on her dress, and all this sort of stuff. And eventually, they. Go back to Buck's place, and there's a whole bunch of. I just need to. Oh, the teddies. <laughs> Did you just say teddies? Teddies. Yeah, I was gonna say creepy stuffed animals. Creepy stuffed animals, all that. Yeah. Or teddies. Teddies. Yeah. Um, um, it more more innocent, more innocent sounding. If you go back to a guy's place and they've got a bunch of stuffed animals, what do you do? Like that, because leave. Well, well, I, I am friends with a furry, so. <laughs> oh my I, god! This, <laughs> this exists. I don't know. I've seen it in real life. Uh, 
and I just yeah, it's fine. <laughs> oh my I'm, god! I'm, I'm used to. I've seen that image before, so that's all good. And this is a curveball <laughs> I wasn't expecting. But that's not why Buck has the star channels. <laughs> Although yes, not, not of all the characters to have a fursona. Well, Stat, be Stat and Twink would have personas, but Buck would be into it. Yeah. Well, Stat and Twink would have... So, Stat would have an ironic fursona. Twink would have a fursona just because it's like, all the gays are here. Um, well, Twink would have a fursona Buck- for his OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, which absolutely. he canonically has a OnlyFans, uh, so. Yeah. And and Buck would ha- wouldn't have a fursona, but would go to furry conventions for the sex. <laughs> He has just this ratty-ass dog onesie that he puts on. <laughs> Face is just normal, and he, like, blacks up his nose and does little little things, and he's like, look. Pants really loudly. <laughs> gotta, get my, gotta get my fuck on fuck style. As we say oh later God. in the episode. Um, or the bang oh, on fuck style. No. And why does he have all these teddy bears, Phil? Because uh, of the childhood, I guess he had pretty rough childhood, uh, and he went from foster home to foster home, and obviously the foster parents didn't really like him, and they gave him those teddies to distract him while he was returned to sender, mm-hmm. essentially. Returned to sender? So, Holy shit, that's yeah. savage! <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like he was a nice person, so... You're yeah. right. Buck is not Went a nice a lot person. Of, yeah, yeah. I also liked the obviously they didn't like him. <laughs> Which it is, even from this episode alone, although I suppose you've also watched the first ten minutes of uh, the first episode, which is really a lot of the worst Buck content out there. He's not a nice person. I, this did not... I, this sub story where he just cries and he's a big orphan, I don't know if I feel too bad for him, honestly. Like, not I bad enough prefer... that the prank is, like, not in my head anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I I would honestly... Pref- like, <laughs> honestly? why did they give... Bu- honestly? Um, they gave Buck so much backstory. I would, I would prefer to see that backstory given to, like, Stat or... Hell, like, even... Oh, like, I feel like we've gotten some Deb story, but we haven't gotten a lot of Deb backstory. No. Uh, and we've gotten we've gotten Twink backstory, so that's fine. Um, I'd watch yeah, a whole Gibson's... I'd watch a whole episode uh, that was intercut, and I, and I wish they'd do this, but they're never going to. I don't know if they're going to have a se- second season, but <laughs> uh, I wish they'd do an episode that was like weirdly conceptual, and they just like cut it through with like clips of Deb doing her Survivor. Um, run. Oh my god, yes, <laughs> that would be super fun. I think. Deb was on Survivor, Phil. You don't know that, but uh, it's one, yes, of her, yeah. one of her character traits. And then, and this brings up something I want to talk about. We find out he's an orphan, and Twink says, and, and they say, you can't sleep with Buck, because Twink kisses Buck. And Twink says, what am I going to do? Not bang an orphan. Which, one, is a funny line. But two, I hate it in this context, where Buck has been yeah. specifically terrible to Twink previously. Um, it's the same sort of storyline as Sex Education, where Eric and his boyfriend get together. Uh, I don't remember the I boyfriend's name. I still haven't name. seen it. Eric and his boyfriend gets together, and it's like a... Bu- his boyfriend was the guy who used to bully him. I don't know if you've seen it, Phil. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, that happens with Glee as well, because um, Blaine dates... This is real deep, like, Glee lore. I was a Gleek. But there's a bully called Korovsky who kisses Kurt because... Karovsky is closeted homosexual and then he ends up dating Kurt's boyfriend and that's weird so like maybe let's stop having people date their bullies yeah yeah it's this weird I was I saw a tweet the other day about you know the whole he pushes you in the sand or pulls your hair because you because he likes you kind of thing that Mm. was you know the boys will be boys defense uh for children and it's a lot the same sort of thing right it's like yeah it really sinisterly and like grossly excuses a a lot of terrible behavior yeah and i feel like it pushes a lot of that idea because we all know the boomer humor like i hate my wife it kind of pushes that idea that you, in order to be with someone, you have to hate them a little bit. Or in order for a mask to be with a femme. Yeah. 
Yeah, you have to hate them a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's it's kind yeah. of gross. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, definitely. Clearly, it's repressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is also shown in there's a there's a joke at the end about Twink wanting saying that one day he will t- top Buck, and there's also a joke where Stat they're at a batting range because that's obviously a dream date for Buck, and Stat throws a ball from the ball meter thing directly at <laughs> at Buck's balls because she's a hacker who can do that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. Twink says, "Hey, I want to low key kind of keep the balls in play." I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I'm not well, into it. Okay, Phil, let me put you in a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. You've dressed up as the princess of a European country <laughs> to prank a horrible homophobe. Um, any interest in sleeping with that person? No, and it'd probably end up pretty horrible. It's <laughs> obviously going to take off your clothes eventually. <laughs> So, You're on a date, yeah. you know. Be a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. This was Whoa. this was cursed content from A to B. I think this, that stuff. I honestly think this might be the episode that gives me an existential crisis. <laughs> About what in particular? About Twink wanting to fuck Buck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyway. I, I, I kind of get it as an act of resistance, but I don't condone it. Um, <laughs> so then we Maybe it's back... like some kind of power play thing going on. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, mm-hmm. he calls it, he says, one day I'll top that man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, we've also talked about in other episodes, you know, this top-bottom dynamic of, like, power plays and stuff. Like, there's not an inherently bad thing or embarrassing thing to be a bottom for someone, you know? So, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's again pretty questionable content, mm. but not the we... web comic, which is excellent. <laughs> but we go back to so V is being Steve's mom, and it is weird, and I mm-hmm. kind of dig this honestly. In another weird togetherness thing, V's in a very skimpy bikini, and Steve has to message her back. <laughs> And yeah, that's she weird. says, she says, uh, be a good boy and says, I'm his Blech. mommy. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of eatable things going on in this, in this relationship yeah. here, which yeah. uh, none of them ever really amount to a joke. No, no. I, I think that I, I'm kind of down for the whole showing V unraveling a bit because we've only seen V really be quite put together apart mm-hmm. from in the last episode essentially but it, it's nice to see that unraveling a little bit but it definitely plays on those creepy like edible complex jokes a little bit too much and uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm so into that bit but having <laughs> him having her play his mum undercover is kind of funny it is funny, and 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 their relationship yeah. was always kind of like that. So like that part, yeah. I'm fine with. It's the that part it's makes the sense. E- it's the Oedipus stuff. I'm a little yeah. <laughs> so V wants to sleeping powder the whole family, and kind of does. Uh, and <laughs> this is Benji's family, and Steve says, "You're really unhinged. This is crazy. You shouldn't do this. Get out, basically." And yeah. she does, right? Yeah. So she then goes- we go. She goes, uh, which is good, which is nice for her. So then she go, then we go to the funeral, which is an open casket for an explosion victim, <laughs> which Steve says yeah. that's an interesting choice. Love and, that joke. <laughs> and Benji says, but it's very Antony, <laughs> uh, which is funny. And we see a bunch yeah. of Antony's acting reel, which I thought was quite good. And I have one written down for um, favorite jokes later. I thought those were good little bits and bobs in, in, the, yeah. in the show. And we also see in the crowd Greg, who is um, I had to look up his name. Who is <laughs> uh, we we learnt that he's Steve's old roommate from like learning how to be a spy at the AIA, mm-hmm. and he's there on a mission. He knows that V's there, and throughout this whole thing, there's been this pressure of Steve having to tell Chun Li as soon as he gets in contact with V, and Steve being like, yeah. "V, you got to get away. You got to get safe." Um, yeah. And I thought this ongoing joke that he, he's called he's called Steve his best friend. 
<laughs> and basically, <laughs> Phil, uh, we saw them meet at a conference for spies like a couple of episodes ago and they hadn't seen each other for oh, yeah. years. <laughs> and yeah. Greg was like, uh, turns out my wife was an undercover secret agent this whole time. So I basically had to kill her. Uh, life's been pretty tough for me. <laughs> and in this episode, he's like, you're my best friend, man. And Steve's like, I am? What? <laughs> it was really quite funny. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, like that sort of stuff is very fun. Oh, and here is one of the quotes already. <laughs> Auditioning for the part of queer, be- the part of queer best friend to a superhero. Girl, you yeah. a superhero? Not in that cape, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, actually, like some of the legitimately parts of this episode did make me laugh a fair bit. Mm. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just a weird episode. Like, what the This is, is kind happening? of like a, this is kind of like a direct callback, surely, to, or reference, I guess, to M- Melissa Bournoist's Supergirl and, uh, her best friend relationship. No? No one watched that? No, just I me. have not. It's okay. Yeah. You know. You've watched so many shows that I have not. Um, yeah, well, I don't watch any horror movies, <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. So we see we see Greg, and then we we cut back to Deb and Stat and Twink figuring out that actually they probably have to tell Buck that it was a prank, bro. And at first, when Buck gets into the office and asks everybody heartbreakingly uh, if there was any messages from the Princess of Genovia, because I don't know, he doesn't have. Oh, because he proposed. He proposed to her, and also put in a resignation letter for the AIA, which we forgot to mention because Buck is Buck. And yeah, we don't care, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deb's like, we have to tell him, and then Buck walks in, and the other two are gone. Stad and Twink are gone, and Deb goes, "Well, I guess I have to tell him." But then, when she says, "I have something to tell you, Buck," Twink appears dressed as the Princess of Genovia. And <laughs> reveals that it is Twink in a very it's funny way. Oh, it's, it, I wanted to save it for favourite joke, but it, it made me laugh a lot. Okay, <laughs> Phil, did you laugh at this as well? The Shakira joke? Uh, no. No? Really. <laughs> no? <laughs> I can't remember it, that's all. So, so uh, Twink says... These hips to, do lie, and they oh, lie. Oh, that's to right. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shakira, yeah. Shakira. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, and and, and the... did a very forlorn Shakira, Shakira, which was and it's yeah. the Shakira, Shakira at the end that did yeah. it for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it did make me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I just forgot it. Twink is actually quite good and emotionally mature here. It says, "Look, it seems yeah. like you actually had an emotional breakthrough, and you shouldn't let this prank." get in the way of the fact that you felt that way. And also, yeah. here's the keys to the Q-Jet, which survived. There was a hanging question about a couple of episodes ago whether that still was in, in use. Q-Jet mm-hmm. survived. Good to know. Yes. <laughs> uh, gives him the keys to the Q-Jet and he fly, so he can fly to Genovia and give his real feelings to the princess and bang her out fuck style, as Twink says. <laughs> Yeah. It was, uh, I believe it was actually Slam Her Down fuck style. Slam Her Down fuck. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize to our audience. Yeah. Uh, I don't. <laughs> um, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say about this. That was a funny joke. Slam Her Down fuck style is kind of, you know, it's funny in that way. But just, I, why did this, did this exist? There's story reasons why this happens later, but yeah. Okay. I, I'll trust you. And then Twink says, hey, uh, Buck is gross. Then, after... So then Steve has a big fight with Greg. Yep. And during that fight, Greg is beating Steve, and he's about to shoot Steve. And then V jumps in front of the bullet and gets shot in the back, exactly in the right place to remember Grayscale, which we don't know what that is. And No, I have no idea. Yeah. And then he's about to shoot them again because, you know, V jumped in front of one bullet. He's got a gun full of them. Can't believe I have to shoot my best friend. And 
then he gets <laughs> presumably, <laughs> presumably uh, and then he <laughs> this is the worst day ever. I have to shoot my best friend, and I only have one gun, one bullet in my gun. So now I have to beat my best friend to death with the gun. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> this day is worse. I got a rock in my shoe. Um, and his day gets worse because he gets struck out by none other than Karen, V's ex-partner. Uh, slammed down big style. S- <laughs> slammed down boot style. Yeah. And and that's the end of the episode. Basically. Oh, no, no, that's not the end of the episode. One no, last thing happens, no. a very sad There's thing. There's a huge thing. Phil, why don't you tell us what it is? Steve and Benji, well, Steve mostly breaks up with Benji. Yeah. Says it can't happen. Yeah, no. Like, he couldn't make it work out. He's worried about causing too oh, much, much danger yeah. to. Yeah, danger. Emotional right. danger. Yeah, emotional danger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but obviously means uh... real spy danger. Because, yeah, an AI agent did come to a bloody funeral and <laughs> try and kill someone. And, and, did, and did threaten to shoot Benji with the gun. That's true. Um, yes. Yeah, like, there was. Greg did a lot of threats and also referenced Spy Kids, which I'm into. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was really sad. And it was actually like, I was kind of like, holy shit. I I didn't expect this to be so upsetting. But also, breaking up at a funeral is such a dick move. It's a real dick move. I actually Ooh. remember when I was watching this episode the first time, thinking uh, partway through the episode, wow, this is going too well. The relationship yeah. between Steve and Benji. It was just all really working out very well in that episode. So I think they... I actually think, again, the episodes get better plotted as you go throughout the show. And these are professionals yeah. who know what they're doing. You know, there's um, some pretty good exposition at the beginning when mm-hmm. Buck talks to Steve about having to go to Tarzana. And all this information is weaved in and out of this episode, which obviously is a hard task to manage yeah. because it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. Yeah, I think the... Yeah. Yeah. The A plot is a lot stronger than the B plot. The A plot like, is so strong. From... I mean, it, it's kind of an A and B plot, right? It's the it's yeah. the funeral yeah. and the V and V and yeah. yeah. I I honestly think it, they could have done without the Anthony ghost and because they can pretty easily show us that Steve is feeling guilty without that. But apart from that, like that whole plot in Tarzana, I actually think could have made for a really good episode just itself. And I think. It was, it's probably some of the strongest writing I've seen in the show. So, Lawson, you've seen the rest of the season. Uh-huh. I don't know what grayscale is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to ask you what grayscale is, but Phil, what do you think grayscale oh, is? Great question. Oh. Is it potentially a person? Or a, a place? Okay, a person <laughs> or a place. Uh-huh. Or, or a vegetable yeah. or a mineral. Yeah. Or something growing. <laughs> oh, something growing. That's cool. Like a infection. <laughs> I, I I think the idea of like grayscale being like a, a group, like a queer rebellion within the AIA is kind of dope. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Uh, I, I will say, I will say that if we were in, if we were playing a game of Mastermind right now, I'd be like, yep. hey guys, that's the right color, but it's in the wrong place. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's spicy. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what that means? You'll have to tune in next episode of Two Force. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we've come to our favorite slash least favorite section, aka mm-hmm. good jokes, cursed jokes. Phil, would you like to go first with yours so that we don't take them? <sighs> yes. Cursed. What was um, your favorite joke of the episode? Did you have a favorite joke? Oh, good question. Well, at the start, it was Agent Jeb saying lesbian icon's first aid kit band-aid. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. you, who was the yeah. lesbian icon yeah. that, we, that, that she had? Oh, it's Holland, it's Holland Taylor, the wife of uh, Sarah Paulson. During the karaoke scene, I can't remember who said it, it was Anthony could fit a whole mic in <laughs> yes. his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's the like, innuendos there. <laughs> I I quite like the Anthony character. I thought they think they've got a lot of a yeah. uh, lot of jokes out of him without necessarily like doing him a lot of disrespect. You know, he was a trash bag, you know, gay uh, actor from Hollywood, but he was a person, you know, and they mm-hmm. I like I like his representation honestly. Yeah. 
Phil, yeah. what what are your cursed jokes? What jokes did you uh, hate? Was it Steve's boss? He's on the phone call. Yes. Oh, Chunley. Yeah. Yeah. It's your ass. You know, you know, you need it for sex. So bad. So bad. That's definitely yeah. on my list. As so well. bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's on my list too. It's awful. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, and and again, oh, this geez. seems like so we've talked about the show, and I don't think it's done this this episode actually, but we've talked about the show before, Phil, being on the side of the jokes or not, and with Buck's first joke mm. about lesbians wrapped around his finger, which is also in my oh, that's jokes, right. yeah, 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 and yes, the same. you need your ass, you know, for sex joke. The show doesn't seem to be taking the side of either of those jokes. But previously, it has taken the side of both yeah. those people and their jokes. It's really weird. Yeah, it's fucking. It's very weird. But uh, yeah, both of those jokes very cursed. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna start with my cursed mm-hmm. joke because you know I I think we've already said lesbian wrapped around my finger. Uh, if you don't, if you're lying to me uh, about V, it's your ass. You need it for sex. Those are both very very mm. cursed. The other thing I believe that was cursed was Twink. When Twink is apologising to Buck for pranking, Twink says, minus the fact that no one got bread, it was one of the best dates I've ever been on, which is really upsetting to me. (laughs) That just felt deeply cursed. Just honestly, the whole Twink wanting to fuck Buck is cursed anyway. But, you know... That that's definitely it for cursed. When when Twink says bread, what do you think he means? Do you, I think he meant paid? Money. No, 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 he, he, he meant, meant getting yeah. slams down. Fuck. All right, style. all right, maybe, maybe. Because it could also <laughs> um, just be restaurant bread. Maybe they didn't order any. No, they were they had ribs, and there's probably bread there. Um, for good jokes, so first, I, this joke wasn't bad or good, but it was a reference that I appreciate, and it's when Twink is eating the ribs and Deb's like, you need to wipe your hands on your dress. Twink says, but it's an liar, which is a Clueless reference, uh, and I love Clueless yeah. a lot. So that was just something I picked up on and I appreciate. I thought it was a nice moment as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I like those little references to, like, mm. camp things. My, my favourite joke was... <laughs> Was Deb just saying to Stat, straight men are just lesbians with longer cargo shorts, fewer skills, and evil in their hearts? Yes, I've got that one in my favourite jokes as well. (laughs) It was so funny. It was just incredibly good. Also, the mention of um, you've got what Stat would call big big Alex Jones energy. Incredibly funny. There were times in this episode where I properly laughed, and I'm yeah, down for yeah, that. absolutely. I, I thought um, I thought that Alex Jones reference and the TikTok reference were some of the ones that actually held up compared to some of the other references we've had on the yeah. show. Uh, in cursed jokes, I <laughs> yeah, have totally. V asking Steve where his phone came from when he took it out of his <laughs> banana hammock speed. uh, speedo, and he says, "You don't need to know that, mother." Um. Yeah, didn't like that. Uh, didn't like Twink wanting to top buck. No. Uh, didn't like you need your ass for sex. Uh, didn't like lesbian around your finger. Uh, the, I put one in the middle of Fave and Cursed, which is uh, another line from mm-hmm. Anthony's acting uh, reel, which is gay barista. Uh, and he says, This mocha's a venti. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> what does it mean? I'm not a coffee guy. I'm not a coffee guy. And and so Steve's saying it's really, really nice in Tarzana. And Benji's like, it's not that nice. Sure, the birds help you get dressed. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny. And like completely against what he was saying. I would love that. Yeah. And then the yeah. final joke, other than I, I like the straight man with... Uh, longer cargo shorts but the final joke I thought was very funny was when Greg asks Steve in the bathroom where's V and Steve says between you and W <laughs> that's a little bit of <laughs> alphabet humor also also Steve calling out um because Greg being like this isn't spy kids where you get to have best friends and Steve saying well in spy kids they were siblings <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> 
very funny. Um, Spy Kids hasn't <laughs> held up. Um, I, I feel like I remember liking Spy Kids and then I watched it and I was like, this is shit. But also it's made for children. And so I can't judge it yeah. that hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that comes to the conclusion of the episode where we do our plugs. Uh, would you like yes. to plug anything, Phil? Sure. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at, at philbj. Excellent, excellent. Nice. Will, yeah. will there be storm chasing photos? There's lots of storm chasing photos and random photos yes. of landscapes. And, yeah. and you also do improv with Big Fork Theatres and other places. So yes. we might see you around yeah, that definitely. way as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely in a few, uh, hopefully, queer shows next year. Excellent. Be good fun. Ollie, do you have something to plug? Yeah. Um, follow me on Instagram at oh my Ollie and on Letterboxd uh, to see my ridiculous movie reviews. Uh, also at oh my Ollie. Um, Lawson, I'll let you plug yourself before we plug the show's social media. Thank you. Uh, so you can look at my Twitch, Lawson Lion, L Y O N, on Twitch, and maybe you'll see me streaming. Who knows? Then. <laughs> I'd also like to plug my dog Luna, who's quite sick at the moment. So if you just have a little think for her, that'd be great. Yeah, thoughts yeah. go out to Luna. We we love Luna a lot. Um, she actually, if, and, if you have any problem yeah, with the editing I, of the episodes, uh, you can write to her. Um, she's on Twitter too, Luna Moondog. Uh, Twitter, just just send her any complaints you might have, whether or not she's passed by the time this episode comes out. So mm. I edit the podcast. Yeah. Is the joke there? And. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you do edit the <laughs> podcast. Um, and you can follow us on social media. We are at Two Force Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you can find us uh, on Facebook if you search Two Force Podcast. Uh, last week, I posted a delightful photo of uh, some uh, a line of boots because we had a mini episode and I'm friends with a bunch of queer people and wanted to show that we're queer and we all wore black boots to a queer movie day. So that's context that you didn't need. But uh, yeah, follow us on social media. You'll see any updates, any fun things. And I just want to say, Phil, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. That was great. Thanks, Phil. Bye, everyone. Cheers. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.